Would you turn in your scriptures to an Old Testament account? The main character is also the name of the book of Jonah. Jonah. Prompted this week, last Sunday I used a title, The Race. Do a little kind of following up. There are four chapters in the small book of Jonah. And since it's such a short, as far as length of words, I read it quite a number of times. I, I think I've preached on this. I know I have and probably done a series on it, but this doesn't come from there comes from the revelation the Lord gave me this week. I'm going to read the first three verses of chapter one. And if I could say the message concentrates on one verse, it'll be verse three. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and cry out against it for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the the presence of the Lord. That's important. He went down to Joppa. That's important. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. And he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. I would like to use for a subject this morning, you can run, but you can't hide. Help me, would you pray with me and for me? About 20 seconds of it. This is a lovely congregation, Lord. You didn't send me here to abuse them, nor did any of us wake up this morning to hurt our relationship with you. Build us today. Thank you for them getting up, getting dressed, driving here, and now I know you'll make their time worthwhile. Some of this stuff we already know. We need to be reminded some of it is new revelation. We receive it by faith. Amen, everyone? You may be seated, please. Let let me give you a brief explanation of this book. And I don't know that I'll preach beyond this. Sunday from this book, but whether I do or not, this explanation of what it is will be beneficial. There is this prophet whose name is Jonah. He's a man of God because God speaks to him and directs him. And on this occasion of our text, 
the Lord says to Jonah, get up. Go to Nineveh. It's a great city. There's about 120,000 people who live in Nineveh. The word says that the city is so large that in order to get from one end of the city to the next, like east to west, it would take three days walking, of course. And the Lord says to the prophet, I want you to go cry out against them and tell them that they're living on borrowed time. For their wickedness has come up before me. I think if you took that verse and substituted the word America, it'd be apropos. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He didn't like Ninevites. He was prejudiced. I don't care about them. Never have. Don't want nothing to do about them. Send somebody else. Because I don't like them. That sounds like a real preacher, doesn't it? And I could just see myself getting up this morning, getting dressed and thinking, God, do I have to go there again? I don't like them. But that's what Jonah did. So Jonah does something pretentious. He's act, acting like he's going to Nineveh because God's talking. He goes down to the harbor and he still don't like them. Matter of fact, he don't like him. He likes him worse now than he did when he left the house. So he buys a ticket, not to Nineveh, but to Tarshish. And that's when his troubles began. You can run, but you can't have. The summation of, of the story is that he got on a ship to Tarshish. Went down in the ship to sleep and rest. He wasn't on the ship very long as they left the harbor before a great wind and rain and lightning and thunder and high waves began to threaten the crew and the passengers. It was terrible. They bailed out water as fast as they, they threw out the cargo, everything they were taking to Tarshish. They got rid of it all because they said to themselves, our life is more precious than cargo. It's another sermon. So, he was, while all this was going on, he was sleeping at the bottom of the ship. What a loser. Lives are at stake. And he's asleep. Everybody on the ship that was awake, except for Jonah, was asleep. They prayed. 
How many of you know there are certain times in your life, if you're ever going to pray, this will be it now? The captain comes down to the bottom of the ship and says, wake up, you sleeper. What are you doing down here? What's your name? Where are you from? He tells him his name and where he's from, and they get up on the deck of the ship, and the storm gets worse. The ship is doing this and this. You ever saw the, the, the movie Master and Commander? Russell Crowe? Yeah. Me and Sammy, the only two that saw it. <laughs> Wind and storm and rain. When he got on board on the deck, it was horrendous. And they said, man, what's your name? Where are you from? What's going on? Tell us. And he says, I'm the reason for this storm. I, I, I'm the reason. I'm, I'm running from God. Well, what are we supposed to do with you, sir? The sailor said, he said, you're supposed to throw me overboard. <laughs> and they, you know, they wasn't in the business of throwing human life overboard. They were throwing fish guts and whatever else. So they went to pray in a few more minutes, and it got worse, worse. And they threw him overboard, <laughs> singing, oh, happy day. <laughs> the sea calm, the winds and the waves stopped. The water was what you could call placid. And they were thanking God, but not Jonah. Because about the time he hit that water, got about six feet under, he became fish bait. God prepared a large fish and it swallowed him. It took him to the bottom of the ocean and it kept him inside of him, the fish, for three days and three nights. Let me tell you something. I don't even want to smell like fish, much less live in one. And so, Jonah got to praying. I tell you, there are times when nobody got to tell you when to pray. He got to praying. And he said, seaweeds are around my head. Whatever the fish ate, he got to eat it too. You can run, but you can't hide. After he prayed for three days and three nights, God allowed the fish to, I'm not trying to be gross here, but the word in the scripture says to vomit him on the land. And after God did that, he's the God of a second chance. He goes by foot a long ways from the shore to Nineveh. And for three days, he preaches to Nineveh. Get right or get left. And he preaches as though he really cared. And you know what happened when the people, uh, when the people heard his sermon, 120,000, and his passion and the conviction of the Holy Ghost? They took off their regular clothes and put on clothes that represent grieving and mourning and repentance. How many know that's one thing to say I'm sorry and something else to know you really are? Act like it. And they got on their knees from the king down. He took off his robe. He took off his crown. He laid aside his scepter. He got off the throne and he, he put himself on the ground as much so as to kiss the ground. 
He said, I don't want anybody eating or drinking until I tell them. I don't want your cows. I don't want your animals. None of that. Because what good are cows and animals if we're dead? You can run, but you can't hide. Now look at how crazy this is. God saw that repentance. This would be at the end of chapter 3. And said, I forgive him. You like God? I forgive him. I was going to kill him, but I forgive him. And so, beginning chapter 4, when God raised them up and they, they did right, the whole city was safe. The man of God, Jonah, the prophet of God, said, you see what you did, God? I knew you were compassionate, full of mercy, and love repentant folk, and that's why I didn't come. Didn't want to come. Because I knew you were compassionate. Whenever you and I disagree with God about his goodness and his righteousness and his unbiased love, we're on the wrong track. Jonah by the way, this is only an introduction, okay? Uh, he goes outside the city, finds himself on a hill overlooking the city and sits down to see what's going to happen to them. They repented, but he's still thinking maybe God will kill them. Uh, he sits there and he waits the overnight and God sends him a plant before he goes to bed because it's hot. God grows a plant with a big leaf-like kind of plant, elephant ear size. It grows over Jonah's head, and Jonah is so thankful. I got some cool shade. He got up in the morning, and God sent a worm. You can run, but you can't hide. The worm destroys the plant and it collapses and now Jonah is sitting in the hot sun mad as can be and God says to Jonah you're grumbling and fussing did you plant that plant the rest of you can say amen because this is good preaching don't let this crowd over here out do you I'll come over here now. <laughs> no, Lord, I didn't plant that plant. <laughs> this is the King James Version. Then shut up. <laughs> Since you didn't plant that plant or send the worm, you've got no business of complaining. Okay? And, and this is like the end of the fourth chapter. In today's vernacular, how dare you, man of God, grumble and complain at my mercy and my love? Come on, come on and say that, yeah. I'm the one that saved the city. I'm the one that, that gave the message. I, I could have raised up another prophet, another man of God, a woman of God, but I chose you. 
and you ought to be praising me because 120,000 people got saved. Yeah. And so, Jonah, he gets the picture. But now, let me show you something else. This book of Jonah is not about sinners running from God. It's about Christians running from God. The man of God. This, this book of Jonah is about those who know right, but they're running. Now, it will fit for Christians and non-Christians, but when we do this running business, there's several things I want you to understand. Number one, the question is, are you running in the wrong race? And here again is verse 3 on which I will concentrate. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Uh, hear me when I tell you, an ever-increasing challenge for Christians and for the church is the encroachment of the world on the church. More and more folks are compromising the word of God, distorting the word of God, or ignoring the word altogether. That's a wrong race. Whenever we set a course, brothers and sisters, to run in a matter that aligns ourselves with the world, the flesh, and the devil, we are running in the wrong race. When we are more concerned about our comfort instead of our obedience to God, we are running in the wrong race. Jonah didn't want to leave the comfort of his home even at the risk of a sinful city of more than 100,000 people going to hell. He's running the wrong race. Whenever we side with political correctness over spiritual and scriptural accuracy, we are running the wrong race. This is for me too. Whenever we give more time and attention to possessions, popularity, and people than to growing in our relationship with God, we are running the wrong race. Let me show you what the Bible says about folks who are running the wrong race. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, I don't have it on the screen, but here's what it says. Listen closely. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites shall inherit the kingdom of God. I just wanted you to know that those folks are in the wrong race. But there's a way to get in the right race. It's free. Here's another question, please. Are you running with the wrong crowd? Again, is the third verse. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. That's that Tarshish crowd. 
He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Leave it on the screen. Last line, third line, to go with them. Them are the wrong crowd. Was that grammatically correct? How you know? Good. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, the boatload of folks headed to Tarshish was not the crowd that God gave Jonah permission to run with. You and I have one captain. Say amen. You and I have one commander. And if the ship of our body makes it to the other side, it's because we're running with the right crowd. Now, why, why would Jonah want to run with this crowd? I'll tell you why. Because the ticket for the trip might have been very affordable. The ship may appear to be clean, so he bought his ticket with the wrong crowd. The appearance of the ship may have been seaworthy. The weather forecast was clear. Wasn't he going to be surprised? The price of his ticket was all-inclusive, and from the harbor he could smell the all-you-can-eat buffet. You ever heard the saying, all the glitters is not gold? God did not send Jonah on a cruise. If you're expecting your life to be a cruise, it ain't going to be long for there'll be a storm in your way and a great fish waiting. I'm telling you that this running is not just a smooth path with no obstacles. When we run with the Lord, with the Lord, if we stumble, he'll pick us up. If we get weary in well-doing, he'll give us the water of life. When we get hungry, he'll give us the bread of life. And so, when you're serving God, like Jonah should have realized, just because it looks good, the ship, doesn't mean it's good. Over the years, I've had parents and grandparents say something like this to me. Pastor, please pray for my daughter or my son. He or she is running with the wrong crowd. I know what that means, and you do too. Let me tell you something about the wrong crowd. It's usually very attractive. The wrong crowd uh, usually promises little, limitless pleasure with no consequence. The wrong crowd usually promises a lot of freedom. But if you've ever run with them, you know 
that when you need them most, they're gone. They're going to throw you off the boat and keep on going. I know it because I've been pastoring for a long time. The wrong crowd will leave you at the doorstep of the emergency room of the hospital because if they hung there with you, they'd get indicted for the same junk you got them on. Yeah. The wrong crowd when you need them the most, they'll usually act like, I, I don't know you. The wrong crowd is who the prodigal son got connected to in the 15th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. That's a different sermon, but let me just highlight here. The, the prodigal son, young as he is, working for his father along with his brother, farming the land and raising the livestock and uh, uh, helping his dad and all the time his dad saving up money and the money he's saving up is to be an inheritance for both his boys. Well, the younger of the two brothers get the idea, dad's saving up money for me. Why do I need to wait when he dies when I can enjoy it right now? So he says to his dad, I want the money. You got saved up for me and I'm hitting the road. But son, this is your house. This table is where you get your meals. This roof is what covers your head. Can I get an amen? Uh, the, the, everything, the land, the house, the livestock, everything I have is you and your brothers. Just hang in there with me. No, I'm gone. His father reluctantly, but realizing his son's insistence and desire for independence, gave the boy his part of it. The Bible says he went in a far country. And took the money and everything he had and spent it in riotous living. I mean, he's, everybody that shows up at the bar, he bought his and theirs too. Another round. I don't know what that means. Some of you do. You, you know that I made an announcement last week and I told you that before that time comes, I will be cracking the whip. I got me two whips because I'm running out of time. The Bible says when his money ran out, he went feeding the pigs, slopping the pigs, and the, there was a famine in the land. He couldn't give anybody, also the owner of the pigs, to give him a crumb of bread. He's sitting there in a muddy place with stinking pigs and nothing to eat and all of a sudden hit him. You know my father, even the servants in my father's house eat better than I do. Even those slopping the pigs get to eat. Even the servants get to go under the shelter of the house and get out of the elements. And here I am, slopping pigs, smell nasty and bad. Nobody cares about me. I could die here. I think I will arise and go to my father's house. And when he got there, his father was waiting. Has the father been waiting for you? 
You can run, but you can't hide. Let, let, let me, oh, man. You better be careful who your friends are. What crowd you're running with. Uh, let, let me hasten to say uh, that in this realm of the spiritual, some of you, brothers and sisters, uh, could be hanging on to the wrong crowd. And in the spiritual sense, in your effort to find signs and wonders and miracles, you have allowed some preacher or evangelist or pastor or prophet to speak over you. Thus saith the word of the Lord. And that preacher, prophet, or evangelist don't know you from Jonah. Well, you don't know. You... There are some churches that are not the right crowd. I, I know of people over the years who have come to this church and left, gone to that church and left that one too, gone to the other one, left that too, and they're searching for some spiritual food. I had people left me over the years, and other pastors say about their church, we left because uh, we were not getting fed. My God, what do you need? You're already out of the nursery. Act like it and quit getting on the milk of the word. Start getting the meat of the word in the house of God. You're running with the wrong spiritual crowd if all they want is blessing, 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 blessing. Uh, the Lord saith and the prophet saith and, and signs and wonders and miracles. You, you would be, oh, Lord. Uh-uh. I know y'all want me to leave my notes and oh. <laughs> man. You may get mad at me. And when you get mad at me, you have two choices. You can explore it and find out if it's in the Bible. Or do what your flesh tells you. So I'm not trying to hook you here with some phony bunch of something that ain't in the Bible. Now, you're going to you gonna, <laughs> you, you all gonna have to pray for me. I can see this sermon's turn into a series. I, I have never seen in the Bible. Now, if you don't agree with this, better you be quiet. <laughs> Craig, I've never seen in the Bible where God fills teeth with gold. I've got some help I need to have in a few of mine. I have never seen in the Bible where God sends gold dust in the palms of people's hands. Maybe I'm not spiritual enough. I tell you, in my course of preaching, I have fasted and fasted. I have prayed and prayed. I have read the Bible many times. I figure if anybody going to get blessed, it's probably me. I went over to Toronto, Canada. Now listen, if you listen long enough, I'll make all of you mad. I am the agitator in your washing machine. You stick your clothes in a washing machine that ain't got no agitator, you're wasting your time. The wrong crowd. The wrong. I went to Toronto, Canada visiting my family years ago and it was when the laughing thing 
the laughing thing was happening. Anybody remember the laughing thing? I ain't talking about your laughing this morning. I'm talking about folks getting on the floor and they're giddy and they're rolling and they're laughing. <laughs> if you don't like this, my email is www.sammybird.com. They're laughing all over the place. They're rolling all over the floor. and I'm talking about laughing. <laughs> Says the floor is, I need to laugh every once in a while. <laughs> you know, where is in the Bible, they laughed and the glory came down. And I don't know that you got to have a happy spirit. I mean, I've said to you many a time, some of you here don't, don't laugh. If you're happy, notify your face. I told you that. But I, I have been, there are a lot of other things, and, and you judge me on whatever merit you want to, okay? Uh, I don't think that God would bless me all these years like he has. Because I didn't chase some stuff down. Man. Don't run with the wrong crowd. This kind cometh by prayer and fasting. <laughs> uh, it's a good time to change that slide. Everybody with me still? Are you running in the wrong direction? Isn't that what Jonah did? I, I'm hastening here to say that Nineveh was here. Northeast. Tarshish was over here. You had to not accidentally be on your way to Tarshish. You had to plan and get on the right ship to Tarshish. So Jonah paid his fare, and, and I'm hurrying here, and, and the Bible says, leave it up there. Look at the last one, two, three, four, five, six, from the presence of the Lord. I am convinced this morning in my life and perhaps yours that there's never been a greater time in my life when I needed more of the presence of God than today. Today. If, if that's you. The presence of God is my GPS. The presence of God is my light in my darkness. The presence of God is my peace in my storm. I gotta have the presence of God. So here, let me offer you this thought, please. You and I are running from the presence of God if we stay out of church regularly. It's wonderful to get to church and have fellowship. I like it. But the higher purpose of the church this morning for you and I is to be in the presence of God. That's where miracles happen. That, that's where signs and wonders happen. That's where healing happens. That's where joy is alive and peace comes down. That's where we get encouraged. The church is God's idea. Jesus' idea. 
Wow. If you're waiting to find the perfect church, you're wasting your time. If you think you found a perfect church and you join it, it won't be perfect anymore. That's like the Wild West, isn't it? If, if you are, you're running from the presence of the Lord when you excuse yourself from those who love you and pray for you. Can I get an amen? Do you know God has ordained for people in our lives to be there at a season and a time because when we can't pray and we can't read the Bible and we can't even weep, somebody intersects our life that is full of the Holy Ghost, sent by God. Don't run from them. <laughs> if your grandma has been praying for you for years and it works, run to your grandma. If the church has been praying you for a long time and it works, Run to the church. Now they say when you get older that you repeat yourself. You know, they said when you get older, you repeat yourself. But I know I've told this before. I don't know if I told it in this house. But if I have, just act like you heard it. So every revival in this little uh, rural town, maybe two or three revival a year, this guy would come to the revival and repent every time. Same sinner, same prayer, same repentance. I guess he thought that if I run to the presence of God, I'll be okay. <laughs> He'd come and pray and cry and use up their Kleenex and <laughs> wouldn't change. <laughs> several revivals, several years. And one of the older sisters that watched him over the years heard him praying. One night, God, get the cobwebs out of my head. Get the cobwebs out of my life. And he's praying about the cobwebs bothering him. And the old sister prayed out loud, God, don't worry about the cobwebs. Kill the spider. That's the problem. Hey, this ain't no comedy show, okay? So quit clapping. How many getting the message? You can run, but you can't hide. Let, let, let me test about the love of God. He interrupted Jonah's direction because he loved Jonah. Can I get an amen? He sent a fish, a large fish, to swallow Jonah because he loved Jonah. He, he, he sent a, a large plant to be over the head of Jonah because he loved Jonah. And after Jonah's griping and fussing and complaining, God still loved him. You can run, but you can't hide. Let me see if I, I can wrap this up. Do you know that running from the presence of the Lord is quite likely to get 
other people in trouble because of you? Say amen. amen. Did you follow? Jonah got a boatload of people in trouble because he was running from the Lord. Those people were going to die a watery death not knowing what they've done except a storm came. And all the time a supposedly man of God wanted to do his own thing and go his own way, couldn't care flip about their safety but about his alone. Oh God, keep me from, come if you will Pastor Tim, keep me from being one of those pastors whose ego won't let me let go. I, I got to let go of that ship because I'm risking their lives. And I got to get in to see if I have to because he's my life. Here's, here's one more thought. Are you still with me for one more thought? Running from God, what? Runs you down. The Bible says that Jonah, verse 3, went down to Joppa. Everybody say down. down. The Bible says in verse 3, he paid his fare and went down into the ship. Say down. down. Verse 5, but Jonah had gone down into the lowest part of the ship and laid, had laid down. Say down. down. Here's one more. Verse 6, he went down to the moorings of the mountains. Down. I feel his presence. I've had a lot of fun with you, but it wasn't because I wanted to be a comedian. But I believe that's, that's how the Lord will help me bring the message. Sometimes you got to sweeten the message to make it palatable. I didn't say compromise it. Sweet. Has life ever been unfair to you you didn't have any cost but to run but it ran you down I don't mean you're a heathen that's the pressures of life family job marriage where you can't pray anymore and you didn't realize you, was, you were running from God but it ran you down it ran Jonah down into the heart of the ship, down into the belly of a fish, down into the heart of the sea, down. But I'm here to tell you, God's not playing hide and seek. The issue is not whether God can find you. It's will you find him? Please stand. Hallelujah. Anybody know that the presence of God is here? Would you say amen? Bow your heads, please. You have been a wonderful congregation to preach to and if you were offended by anything it was not my tool to target you it was my hearing from God to tell you pastor 
I have to confess that I've been running in the wrong race. I have been running with the wrong crowd. I have been running in the wrong direction and have run so much until it's run me down. I need to run to Jesus today. I need to be like the prodigal son. I need to come back to the father, change direction and run back home. Your head's about and your eyes are closed. And I, I don't know exactly how I'll do this altar call except that I need to start it with you admitting I have run but now I know I can't hide I don't want to hide anymore pastor pray for me today but you raise your hands if that's you and I don't embarrass you I don't even know if I'll call you down to the altar I just know that I'm right here now calling you to raise your hands come on put them up there don't be ashamed don't hide lift them up God bless you numbers of you are doing this Many of you are doing this. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You, you may put your hands down now. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to call out to God for us and for you. And I'm going to pray that we don't run anymore. I like for all of us, if you look this direction, because I'd like to give you just a little instruction. Sort of raise your hands, kind of like this, like you're waiting for him to put something in your hands. First, I'm going to pray, then I'm going to ask you to pray. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I feel your anointing, God. And I, I want to say to this church that nobody this morning is left out. Nobody, 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 nobody. I have run my share of running, God. I have hidden my share of hiding. But every time I've done that, running from you, I have faced block walls and bridges out and dark nights. I pray right now, touch my brothers and sisters. Touch our minds, amen. Change our will. If necessary, break our hearts. Pour your oil over our heads, Lord. Father, let us be grateful for the plant and the worm that you sent. They may be small, but they're of God and it becomes large. Keep us from the fish that takes us down and the ship that leads us the wrong way. and Put us around the right crowd and the right people today. Father, I pray today that even now you would quicken our families and our lives. Fill us with the oil of the Holy Spirit or put the oil of the Holy Spirit on us. God, we're tired of just praying and not changing. We're tired of testifying and not changing. We're running out of time, God. We're running out of time. We're running out of oil. But you are the refreshing and the anointing. In Jesus' name. I know if your hands your hands up for a couple of moments, but you pray over you right now. Would you would you pray a little louder than you normally pray, and that way you can hear yourself pray, and it makes you motivated. Come on, pray pray a little bit louder. Come on, come on. I reach out to you, Lord. 
Come on, everybody, pray. Pray your heart right now. Don't pray uh, a kind of wimpy, kind of I'll get this done prayer. Pray like your prayer depends on whether you're saved by God or you're not running. Come on. I got to run for my children. I got to run for my husband. I got to run for my family. But the Lord will run with me. Come on, come on. Holy Ghost, fill us today. There's nothing more important than we do today than get in your presence. We want to get in your presence, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. That's good praying. That's good praying. It's good praying. Thank you, Jesus. I give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Yeah. yeah. Stay just a moment. Sing, if you will. It's Terry here. Your 